Welcome on to the Backstretch. I'm News 5's Heather Williams. And of course, we have to start with the big story of the week, and that's Bubba Wallace's one-week suspension from NASCAR for intentionally wrecking Kyle Larson at Las Vegas. On the surface, I don't really have a problem with the punishment. Um, it's certainly not unprecedented to suspend drivers for a week based on that kind of activity. Uh, the most recent being Matt Kent and Joey Logano at Martinsville. And wrecking somebody at Las Vegas is certainly more dangerous than wrecking someone at Martinsville. So I see where NASCAR is coming from. Well, I don't necessarily disagree with with the punishment, I don't necessarily think it would have been what I would have done in the situation. When you look at how NASCAR promotes itself and promotes its races, this kind of conflict is certainly something that they use to promote the sport. Uh, I live in Bristol. All the week of Bristol, the promotions featured Kevin Harvick and Chase Elliott, nose to nose, you know, Kevin Harvick, I'm going to rip somebody's head off. And Vegas, their promo coming up to the week of the race has said something to the effect of, um, how about those wrecks or we've got the wrecks. And so I think it's incredibly hypocritical for racing to use these conflicts and these uh, confrontations on the track to promote the sport and then punish someone for doing it. Now, I'm not condoning what what Bubba did. As I already said, it was incredibly dangerous and, and, and Kyle Larson couldn't have gotten hurt or worse. However, I don't really like the hypocrisy of, oh, no, 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 don't do it. But if you do you're going to end up promo as a promo for the race next year. So I personally say I better not see, you know, Bubba pushing Kyle Larson after the race and the promotion for any Vegas races or any other NASCAR stuff for that um, matter in the future because you cannot punish someone to that extreme, make them miss a race, and then – use it to promote the race. It's either bad or it's not. So like I said, I don't agree with what Bubba did. I think it was incredibly dangerous. I hope that Bubba learns from this experience. I guess the other thing that I hate about this whole thing is that Bubba being the only black driver in the sport is held to a higher standard than everybody else. Is it fair? No, but that is the case. And the moment that this happened, all the trolls, just like Night of the Living Dead around Halloween, came crawling out of their holes to make their little comments or their whatever about Bubba, which is completely unfair. I mean, the only difference between what Bubba Wallace did and what William Byron did is William Byron did it under caution at a slower speed than Bubba did. But the intent was exactly the same. So... You can't get mad at the dark-haired, brown-eyed, brown-skinned kid and not get mad at the blonde-haired, blue-eyed, light-skinned kid. And that's just my feeling on the whole thing. Either you're either you're mad for the behavior or you're not. And like I said, I don't disagree with the punishment for Bubba. What he did was dangerous. I think that the punishment for William probably should have been a little bit heftier. But NASCAR did give him a hefty penalty. The appeals board overturned it. Overturned it. So... That's just how I feel about the whole situation, and I hope that everyone involved will learn from this. Um, 
I hope that it doesn't take away the passion and the edge from NASCAR because I think that's important, but maybe just better decisions on when we express that behavior and when we take someone out so we're not doing it high-speed races. I, I said several times this week on the different appearances that I make, I think that if Bubble would have done this at Martinsville, it probably wouldn't have even have been an issue, definitely not as much as an issue as it was doing it at Vegas. And I think we all know that. Those of us that have been around racing for a long time know the difference between wrecking someone at Vegas and wrecking someone at Martinsville. So I hope this is a learning experience for everyone. I hope the trolls can go back into their underground holes after Halloween and we don't have to hear from them then. Maybe Bubba can come out and win at Martinsville. It's a pretty good track for him and, and, and silence all the naysayers. Um, but that's just my opinion on the thing. And I just wanted to share that I don't have a problem with what's going on, just the hypocrisy of the whole situation. So uh, kudos to NASCAR for, for tampering bad behavior. I think that's really important now. Just don't undo what you did by being hypocritical and using this to promote the sport. All right, this week on the backstretch, we've got uh, Chris is going to talk about the Bubba Walla incident. Now, Chris and I talked before the punishment came down, so it's a little ambiguous as his response. I hope to get a little bit more in-depth response from Chris this week about that when we talk. Also, uh, the guest this week is uh, one that you're all going to love. It's Chase Elliott, the most popular driver in NASCAR. We talked about kind of his struggles through the playoffs, even though he's the number one seed or was the number one seed, as well as driver emotions. I didn't want to really ask him specifically about Bubba because I'm sure he has an opinion about that, right? But everybody's asking these drivers about Bubba. I wanted to ask him more about what this situation means to him and how he controls his emotions when he's in a race car and what he needs to do to make sure that that he doesn't find himself in that situation. So really interesting stuff from Chase. And that's coming up here in just a little bit. Right now, let's get it going with Chris. We're joined, as always, by our crew chief, Chris Carrier, who also happens to be the crew chief of the number 75 Food Country Truck in the Camping World Truck Series. Joey Logano becomes the first driver to punch a chicken into the championship four. What sort of statement does the 22 make with that win? And what other drivers are likely to join him in the final four? Big statement by the 22. Uh, that organization, that team, Team Penske, has had success in the past at Las Vegas. So I don't think this is a shock. Uh, the, the, the Fords ran good, I think, all day, all weekend, qualifying, so on and so forth. So the speed was there. Um, I don't think anybody, any of us, should be surprised that Joey Logano, with that 22 team, a crew chief with the talent and the experiences like Paul Wolf. Uh, they're in, and I and I think they're, you know, they they kick the door down to get in. So good for them. Uh, right now, Heather, it's kind of up for grabs. I think, uh, you know, to me, I think Denny Hamlin is in a very good spot. I I think uh, probably Ross Chastain is in a very good spot. Uh, probably both those guys can get in with a good finish at Homestead. After that, I don't know. Uh, you know, we talked Chase Elliott's been a little bit hot-cold all year. He didn't run very good at all at, 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 at Las Vegas. So the other guys, uh, Chase Briscoe, uh, uh, Bell is kind of down at the bottom. He got caught up in a little bit of clutter there and kind of took him out. But, uh, you know, I think, I think anybody in the top three, top four, is, or bottom three, bottom four is going to have to win at Homestead to get in. And, and this is what 
this point system's all about. So we'll see. It's uh, ought to be pretty, uh, pretty vicious, <laughs> you know, pretty vicious. Will be interesting for sure. All right, Kurt Busch announced this weekend that he is stepping away from full-time racing and has still not been cleared to return to a car, but he does eventually want to do some bucket list racing. So this is a tough way for your season and possibly your career to end. Your thoughts on the end of Kurt's career and also his legacy in the sport? I'm sad because of this, because uh, me personally, my time uh, at Penske Racing and then afterwards, after I met Kurt, Kurt, talked to him, had some conversations with him, never worked with him, but man, he, he was always nice to me and he was nice to the people around me and he was very helpful. Uh, for one instance, uh, a couple of years later, Nelson Piquet Jr. I was working with in the truck series. Uh, we decided to go to Kurt. I kind of encouraged that a little bit and Kurt helped him a lot. He reached out to him you know, very easily, you know, very, very friend-like, you know, trying to mentor him. And he did a really good job. In fact, the next race, uh, Nelson won the race. So, uh, you know, Kurt has, is always, he's a driving machine as far as I'm concerned. He's one of the most talented ever to get in the car. I know he's had some issues on and off the racetrack, his temper, his so on and so forth. But I, don't, I just hate to see it in this way. And, and I think it's a... Uh, you know, it's, nobody wants to see this. I think he's making the right decision for the wrong, for the right reasons. And I just wish him the best from here on out. I hope he can, can heal up and can be cleared and maybe, you know, get to enjoy some of those bucket races or bucket events that he wants to do for his own enjoyment and for his own gratification. And, and I hope that happens and I wish him all the luck for that. For me, Kurt has been one of the most incredible transformations in the garage area mm -hmm. from really just mm -hmm. kind of a spoiled brat kid yep. to one of the most thoughtful drivers in the garage yep. area. And I mean, every single race car that he jumped in, he left better off than when he got oh, in absolutely. it. Oh, absolutely. And that's absolutely. an incredible legacy for a race car yes, driver. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. He, uh, I, I remember listening to him in some of the competition meetings at Penske, and each driver would take their turn, and they would talk about what they saw during the race and everything like that. And I remember thinking to myself, how did he, how does he know that? How does he see all this stuff going 200 mile an hour? What? Goodness gracious, it's getting, making me dizzy just listening to it. And he was just talking about stuff as calm as uh, could be, like he saw it in slow motion and could describe every bit about it. A, a, amazing, amazing guy. But that's, that's the top drivers, top athletes you have, you know, in, in this form of racing. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I was just glad to get to know him. You know, I felt privileged just to get to know him, and I think I can call him a friend. And uh, I, just, I just wish him the best from here on out. Whatever that be, I wish him the best for him. And a surefire Hall yes, of Famer for sure. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What happens in Vegas does not necessarily stay in Vegas. Bubba <laughs> Wallace and Kyle Larson had a little spat that ended with Larson being turned and then a little pushing and shoving, maybe intentionally by Wallace. NASCAR handed down their punishment on Wallace today. What did you think of what went down between those two drivers? Heather, I think it was, was two uh, very competitive drivers um, racing on a very fast, pretty slick racetrack, trying to get position, you know, up in the race, probably, probably a little too early to do any kind of this stuff like that. I think maybe the, uh, that Bubba thought that, that the five, that Larson, you know, ran him out of racetrack at the wrong time, ran him into the wall, so on and so forth. Um, I, I'm, I'm not going to judge on that. I think he had reason. Well, even Kyle said he had reason to be mad. He had reason to be upset. So, okay, where well, there's fire, there's fire. 
And then Bubba took it out on him, and he just said, I'm not going to take this. Uh, pretty vicious hit uh, in the car. And then when they got out, they did a little arguing and mouthing and pushing and shoving. I think Bubba did most of that. And then it just ended. Now, NASCAR ha is in a position, they kind of have to take action on some of this stuff. They have to look at it with everything they've got and make, the, make their decisions, what they feel is the right reasons. Is it anything that hasn't happened before? Is it anything that's not going to happen again? Is it anything extraordinary or anything that to get all up in arms about and burn somebody's house down? No. I mean, it's come on. This has happened. Don't we remember the greatest finish to the Daytona 500 ever with, <laughs> with Kel Yarbrough and two of the Allisons and half the record crew fighting over in turn three and Richard Petty wins the race and, and then, you know, altercations that other of our favorite drivers have been in. I mean, come on, Tony Stewart, Kevin Harvick, da-da-da, on and on. Uh, it's just, it, this is a competitive sport when guys' tempers will go. My temper goes during a race. You just ask my, my people around me, and, and I'm just sitting on a pit box. You know, nobody cares what I'm doing. So, uh, you know, I, I think we just this go on, you know, learn from it, go on. This is not the first time. It's not the last time. Let it be. Go on. There'll be competitors again. I guarantee they'll race at Homestead, probably never touch one another, and just, and just go right on. So... What it is, let it be. Yeah, the two are friends, so they'll work it out. They but, will. Yeah. They will, absolutely. <laughs> Another intermediate track this weekend as NASCAR heads to South Beach, sort of. Homestead Miami Speedway is the second race in the round of eight. What are the keys to this track, Chris, and what makes this different from Vegas? Uh, it's it, Homestead is not as fast as Las Vegas. Uh, it is not as rough as Las Vegas, especially Vegas in the turn one and two. There's some pretty vicious bumps down there. Uh, Homestead, more of the rough area is up against the up against the wall, up in the high groove, up against the fence, as most drivers say. A little bit bumpy, a little bit chattery there. Pretty smooth though, otherwise. Uh, but this this uh, asphalt is getting worn down. It's in Miami. It's you know. 100 degrees every day and a lot of the sand off the ocean blowing over it and so on and so forth. It gets pretty abrasive. Times slow down really bad here. The tires wear out very fast. Uh, lap times fall off. The drivers have to adjust during that period. They have to keep trying to find where it is on the racetrack they need to run to get the best lap times and take care of those tires. It'll be an exciting race. I, I love watching it there. There'll be cars on the bottom, cars up against the wall. Uh, and switching back and forth and rubbing and beating. So uh, I think this is going to be another another race here. We're coming down to it. You know, who gets to go to the Final Four in Phoenix? And there's a lot up for grabs at Homestead. Tough racetrack. There'll be some tough pit calls, too, and see what happens. Thanks for joining us today, Chase. Um, we are really deep in the playoffs right now, and I know you didn't have, by any measurement your best race last week so what's kind of the approach as you go into the race this week at homestead uh yeah just you know trying to trying to get turned around a little bit you know trying to um figure out why you know why we were so bad in vegas the things that led to that you know some of our our main issues out there and and then ultimately what we need to do to try to correct them and, and fix them make them better so yeah have a lot of dialogue talk through it try to you know be open and and honest about uh, what you feel like you need to to be better, and hope we can uh, hope hope we can dial that in. So yeah, it's really all that's all you can ever do. It's 
you know, I've told a bunch of people this, but you know, it's uh racing's tough because when you have a bad day, you want to, you want to get back out there and fix it, you know, quickly. Uh, unfortunately we got, you know, we, we don't have, we can't practice throughout the week. We can't, you know, go through walkthroughs and, and run plays and, and things we can just have dialogue about, about our car and, and our, our race execution and, and try to take that experience and then apply it the next week and hope, hope we guess right. So it's, uh, it's a tough one. Is it easier to rebound on a week like this where you're going from intermediate track to intermediate track? Because there probably are some things, even though the tracks are a lot different, but there are probably more things from Vegas to Homestead than say Homestead to, to uh, Martinsville next week. Yeah. I mean, you can look at that one of two ways, right? You know, yes, you're going somewhere similar. Um, we need to, you know, take some of those experiences and, and, and hope that we dial in exactly what we were missing um, and hope we get that right or, um, or not. Right. So it, uh, it it's definitely a, a tough one, but look, it, it it's, we don't make the schedule, the races and the rounds or what they are. And, and that's totally fine. Uh, we're, we're, a, we're a solid enough team where we can, we can get it figured out. Just, uh, just gotta, gotta do it quick. You know, right now it, it's, uh, you don't have time to, to mess around and, and you certainly don't, you know, you, you would like to go ahead and, and punch your ticket on through if you can. Um, but you know, if not, we'll, we'll fight through the, through all the remaining events. The fans and the media don't put a lot of attention on the regular season championship, but given how wide open things are this year and how many different teams could win, how important were all those bonus points you got for winning the regular season championship? Well, considering we ran 20th all day on Sunday, uh, they ended up being a big deal. We got, you know, no stage points and just a handful of points in general, you know, at the end of the day. So, you know, without those points that we had racked up throughout the regular season, we'd, we'd really be in trouble currently um, if we had even made it made it to this round, right? So, uh, yeah, been been super crucial for us. Um, unfortunately, just from the standpoint of we we needed them. Um, we needed them in the first round. Uh, crashed, in, crashed in the first event of each of the first two rounds and then had a, had a really bad uh, first event of this round. So, yeah, unfortunately unfortunately and fortunately all at the same time we've we've had to um we've had to rely on those on those points we accumulated earlier in the season so um hopefully we can accumulate some now uh that, that that's what i would like and uh well i think we can we just gotta gotta put it together there seems to be more media and more eyes on this sport this year than in a long time certainly years before the pandemic starts I know that there's been, you know, uh, there was things said about you with the cameraman a few weeks ago and then all the stuff that the, the, the sport is getting because of what happened with Bubba. I'm just interesting. Do you feel interested here? Do you feel the crush of the media, more media this year uh, than last year? And how do you deal with all that as a competitor? Um, yeah, I mean, I, it, uh, it, I feel like our sport is very you know, very open from the standpoint of there's a lot of access and, and things. And, and sometimes, sometimes it's a bit, a bit too much access, uh, you know, f- from a competitor standpoint. Um, but I, I certainly understand that. And, you know, I, I want the fans to have a good experience um, too. So 
that's a very tough thing to balance. Um, you know, but look, you just try to, you just try to take it in stride. I mean, it's really, really all you can do. We, you know, as competitors, we can't really do anything about that. Um, you know, other than just try to, you know, try to balance it all as best you can and, and make sure your focus is on the, on the competition aspect of what's going on and, and, uh, try not to stray away too far from that. You've been involved in a few, uh, feuds, rivalries, whatever. How much of a distraction does that become to the sport or to you as a driver when those things are going on? And how do you compartmentalize that once you get to the racetrack? Yeah, I mean, it, it's as much of a distraction as you let it be. And that, I mean, that, that really is just the bottom line of it. It, it can, it can distract you if you let it and it can also be a non-event if you if you decide in your head that it that it is a non-event and and i think that um i get un, unfortunately and fortunately i've been involved in enough of them um that you just learn to care less about it and and focus on your on your job you know last year there was there was a lot a lot going on and i felt like as a as a team we just we just stayed focused on on the prize and trying to get to Phoenix and having a shot out there. And, and we just decided that we were going to keep our priorities straight. And, and I think that's really the thing. When you get involved in those things, you never, you never want to have them going on. You, know, you, want, you want things to go smooth for you all the time. Uh, but unfortunately, that's not always going to be the case. So, you know, when, when those things happen, just try to, uh, try to keep your priorities in order and, and uh, you know, make sure that your head's in the right place and, like I said, you, you decide how much you want it to be a distraction. And at the end of the day, that's that's all that matters. I know I have a, a tough temper and get really angry when I feel like I've been wrong. How hard is it to control that in the car? Um, you know, and, you know, because we also what happened with Bubba last week. And that's not really how Bubba is off the track at all. Um, but how do you how hard is it to control that in the moment? Because I know I, I struggle with that. And I know a lot of people do. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just. Uh, yeah, it, it, it can be, it can be a challenge for sure. You know, especially when you're racing up front for, for a win and for, you know, for the lead of the race, obviously it was still very early in the event. Um, but I, I can understand, you know, the frustrations there as to, as to what, you know, what went on and, and, and how that can escalate really, really quickly. I, I get it. Um, so yeah, it, uh, it, it is a, it is a tough balance and, you know, look, it, it's it's just live sports, and and when you when you care about something, you're going to be passionate about it, and you know when you feel like you got you got done wrong, um, you're gonna it's gonna it's gonna affect you uh, in some way, shape, or form. You just got to figure out how to turn that that effect into into positive result, and then to going faster. And and when you you know when when you can capitalize on that and use it as fuel, that's when uh, you know that's the direction you want to, you want to try to take it. I used to live down near in the North Georgia area. How much is everything that goes on? Cause it's, it feels like it's more in the spotlight this, the last couple of years. Um, but the support in the pool room and everything that goes on uh, down there for you, what does that all mean to you? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, it's just, you know, look, it's home uh, for me. I mean, I, I, uh, I don't necessarily ask for it. You know, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't go cruising through the grocery store and ask for people to follow along or, or whatever. Uh, it's just, it's just where, where I live. And, and, you know, I, I really enjoy the area and, and my family's here and, 
and that's really the extent of it for me. Um, and you know, on the flip side of that, it is super nice to live in an area where, where people do care about what you have going on and want to see you do well and, and want to want to follow along with their neighbor and, and, um, and, and pull for them on the weekends. A lot of them, I'm, I'm not sure all of them, uh, like me, but, um, and that's totally fine, you know, um, either way, but I, I certainly enjoy, you know, enjoy the area and, uh, you know, grew up here and, um, yeah, I don't really have, uh, don't really have any intentions of, of doing anything different right now. So for my final thought, I want to talk about the championship four. Joey Logano punched his ticket to the final race in Phoenix with a win at Vegas. So Joey is in. You look at the other seven drivers and you would think on the surface that it would be pretty easy to predict who might be there. You've got Ross Chastain, who's been running up front all year. Denny Hamlin, who's a perennial championship contender. And Chase Elliott, who was a regular season champ, past champ, one of only two. He and Joey Logano are the only two past champs that are left in this field. And you think, oh, that'll be the final four. Absolutely. But take a deeper dive. Chase Elliott has not run well in the playoffs. He has barely squeaked by, basically, as we discussed with him, with his bonus points, round after round after round. And that car was out to lunch. Not even a contender last week at Las Vegas. So, automatically putting him into the next round, I'm not so sure that that's the case. Denny Hamlin, kind of the same thing. He's just been doing just enough to advance every week. He's been closer to winning than Chase has. So you definitely think, especially with the tracks that are coming up, Martinsville being a great track for Hamlin, Homestead Miami being a pretty good track for him, especially as well as the Toyotas have run on the mile and a half. You would think there's a good chance for Denny to get a win in there. So I'm not saying he can't or even won't advance, but he's definitely not the shoe-in that you think he will would be. Uh, the guy with the probably best chance of the group advancing is Ross Chastain, but Ever since he came out red hot and won those two races early, he's been more of a consistency guy, which, you know, maybe that does it this year. Ryan Blaney's got to this round of playoffs without winning, just being a consistency guy. But Blaney's kind of tapered off the last few weeks, too. So, I mean, those two guys, yes, maybe you would think on paper that they would be stronger than some of the other guys. William Byron won last year or earlier this year at Homestead, Miami. He's definitely a contender to steal a win this week. Chase Briscoe, man, that guy's just been finding a way to advance, right? Pulling stuff out of his hat and getting things done. The same with Christopher Bell. I mean, threw a Hail Mary at the Roval and got a win. you got to think that he's looking at Homestead this weekend and thinking, I can win there. The Toyotas have been really good at these kinds of tracks, and I've got the gusto to get that done. So if you're handicapping this championship four and who's going to be in there gosh it's good to meet Joey Logano he's in there he didn't have to worry about it he's already working on on the, the championship race at Phoenix and watching these other guys battle it out to see who'll be there if I had to pick right now I'd probably pick the guys that are in I think that for the reasons I've already outlined Chastain uh, Chase Elliott and Denny Hamlin seem to be the guys that are poised to do it but any one of these guys could win the next two weeks. I think this is a good round for pretty much everyone in there. I would say maybe Ryan Blaney is the guy who doesn't like this round the most. Um, 
based on prior experience, but also the next gen car doesn't care about your prior experience. It doesn't care about what you've done recently or even lately. Just look at Bristol. Guys that were phenomenal at Bristol for years and years and years were terrible. Joey Logano, Kyle Bush, Kyle Larson. I mean, those guys were never to be found at Bristol. So I don't know why we would expect just because people have been successful in places in the past that they're automatically going to come into the next gen car and be successful this time which is what makes it fun. Looking forward to the next two weeks as we get ready to crown a NASCAR champion in three weeks. And we will see you next week on The Backstretch.